This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Botox Cosmetic. Out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the 1912 Exiles podcast, the Newport County podcast for the fans, by the fans. With me tonight is the good Dr. Ed Bridges. Good evening. And our resident poet, Ian. Hi, everybody. So after a rather unexpected win yesterday against Stockport, um, we're, we're kind of riding quite high, I think, as a, as a group. What did you make of yesterday's performance? We'll start with you, Ian. It was one of those things, isn't it, where having been to Mansfield the week before and we were soundly beaten, you're thinking, oh dear, <laughs> you know, we've got Stockport coming up, it's, got, it's not going to be good, is it? Um, but I think this has been our season, hasn't it? Totally topsy-turvy, you're never quite sure what's going to happen any time you, you turn up to watch them play. Um, but I thought it was, we might come on to talk about formations, <coughs> excuse me. But interesting lineup was put out. We were all scratching our heads a bit, thinking, "Is he play- what's 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 going on? Who's he playing? Who's playing where?" But I think overall, just just in brief, it was an incredibly hard working, gritty, professional performance with everybody doing their job. You know, um, everyone had a role. It seemed to be really clear what the roles were, and everybody did that to the absolute maximum. Um, and we. we Nobody really created any chances in that in that match. Actually, we might come on to talk about that. But the two, you know, little bits of quality that we did find were were incredible, and, it, and I think it was a thoroughly deserved win. Ed, is that your assessment as well of the game? Yeah, I think so. I mean, first thing I should say is I'm I'm no longer qualified to say anything about football in general or Newport County specifically because I was. On a Stockport podcast in the days running up to the match, I also wrote a, a preview. And in both of them, I said, look, my hope for that game is like a single digit defeat and not get any injuries. Because I, I thought our oh, Stockport could rack up a, a cricket score against us, given the run that they're on, the quality they've got. I was talking before the game to friends of the pod, uh, Stu and Chris and Ollie. And I think it was Chris who said, you know, you look at Stockport's bench, all of their uh, substitutes would would be in our starting eleven. You know they've got the strength and depth that we just we don't have. And 
so you know there was there was that there was the yeah the kind of indifferent run that we've been on they're coming off 12 uh wins on the trot and I, I i couldn't see us getting anything out of it i'd mentally written this one off but as ian's alluded to and we'll talk about it more in a minute the tactical masterstroke of Coughlin to line up the way he did was genius um the performance was excellent and the thing that stuck out more than anything for me with that game there, there are certain games in a season that tell you something about the team and what Saturday told me is we're going to be all right this season. You know, I'm not saying we're going to storm the league, but we that's not a team that's going to get relegated. We'll have a few bumps in the road and we'll have games that we think we should win that we'll lose and we'll have performances that are below par. But this isn't a team that's going to get relegated. If we can pull off that sort of performance and if we've got that sort of um, ability to dig in, like Ian has said, then I think I think we're going to be okay. So um, let's let's not get too up after a, a, a win, and let's not get too down after a defeat. But let's take from that that yeah, we're going to be okay. I think we shouldn't be complacent, but we're going to be okay. Yeah, it was interesting actually seeing the uh, Stockport manager's uh, press conference afterwards, where he just said Newport were pretty much better at everything, um, and I don't know whether it's a combination of the run they were on and the run we were on, whether they were maybe a little bit complacent, expecting to walk it and uh, weren't prepared quite for the battle. Um, but it's really pleasing to see that we got a performance, um, not just a result. Yeah. You know, it's not like we poached a, poached a scrappy 90th minute goal. We, we were in the game all the way through. Um, I wonder how much of that is to do with um, Cochrane getting some players back. He had a full week without a midweek game this week. Um, and then, as you've both alluded to with the formation change, he had a full week to war- work on that pretty much to uh, target this game. Do you think that this is going to be our formation going forward or that it's being deployed specifically to uh, counter what Stockport will offer? Well, I, I think it was deployed to surprise them as much as anything. Stockport will have come down the M6 and M5 and thought, right, Newport are going to set up defensive and we've just got to find a way to kind of play through that, get a goal, and when we get one, we'll get two. The thing they were not expecting us to do was to start with three strikers on the pitch, and I wasn't expecting us to start with uh, three strikers on the pitch either. And you could see in the first five minutes, you could see the dawning realisation on the Stockport players' faces of, hang on, this this isn't what we're set up to to play against. Um and it's that risk, isn't it? You know, we 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 might die, but at least we'll go down fighting. Going out, attacking them, taking the initiative, and it might um, not come off. You know, last season we tried playing three up front at Stockport and we got very badly beaten. Yesterday, we played the three up front. It took them by surprise. You could see in the first five minutes we were going at them. And also it worked really well with Palmer Holden and Evans soaking up the physical challenges. And we'll talk about one physical challenge in particular, I suspect, later on. But what that did, it left Omar Bogle behind them in the hole with a little bit of space, a little bit of room to work in. Um, and I, I really liked that. I don't think we will play that formation week in, week out, because I think it, it does leave you a little bit exposed in, in other areas. And, you know, there's different ways we might want to cut the cake. But as a, a one-off and an, a, a tool to have in our toolbox for the future, um, 
I I thought fair play to Graham Coughlin because that was a, a stroke of genius. It took all of us by surprise. We were all down in the concourse before the game, going, "What on earth are we uh, are we going to line up as?" Um, and if the fans didn't know, the Stockport County players were not were certainly not going to know. So it, yeah, it worked a treat. So hats off to Graham Coughlin. There was a little glimmer of it at Mansfield last week. So when um, when Oldham Caulfield came off the bench. Um, you know, I was assuming he was going to swap him like for Evans or swap him for Bogle, you know, so te- you know, put them all legs on, say, you know, they've been running around and, and, and you know, they're getting schlepped out. But actually, he kept, the- he kept them on as a three, which I thought was quite interesting, you know, with like 15, 20 minutes to go. And he, at that one, he played um, Evans in the hole and had, and had Bogle and um, Holm Caulfield up front. Now, he was clearly playing with something, I think, there, wasn't he? He was, he was thinking, because I was like, well, this is a bit, this is a bit, you know, we're away from home, we're losing two, we're losing two nil. He's going, he's going for something. But clearly, he's got, he's got something in his mind that they've been working on, and obviously switched it around for this week. I, I am quite interested though in, in in what our lineup actually was. You know, was it three five three four three? Was it five two one two? What? What? <laughs> well, I was there. I I couldn't tell you. It um it was fluid. I think that's the the best way to put it. It and again, we talked a lot, haven't we, about the strength that we've got is that we've got versatility in there. So actually, not only does is that helpful in terms of filling gaps that you might have because of injuries and all the rest of it, all the rest of it, but it also means that within a game you can actually be quite fluid and, and move very um, swiftly and easily from you know four at the back, three at the back, five at the back. However, you're, you're kind of cutting the cake. By the way, I need to say this because. You keep referring to Seb Palmer Holden as Holden Caulfield. I keep referring to Seb Palmer Holden as Tara, uh, as in Tara Palmer Tomkinson. Um, his dad, I, I saw through Twitter, listens to the pod and, um, uh, took us, took us to task for, for giving his son nicknames. So we're just going to call him Seb from now on. That is now the official house style of the 1912 exiles. Um, so that we don't get on the wrong side of his old man. Um, he had a very good game yesterday as well. We should say, you know, it's, it's really difficult to pick out. You know the all the good performances yesterday because there were good performances right across the pitch. But I thought it was so good to have him back, and it was interesting that um, Coco said afterwards that you know he's going to get in trouble with the the physio and strength and conditioning coach um, for the the amount of time that he left Seb and James Clark on the pitch coming back from injury. You know, I think Seb was only supposed to play kind of forty five minutes and Clark an hour or so, but. It was one of those games where you you don't want to mess up a, a winning formula, and you want to try and eke every last moment you can out of those players. So I thought for for him to play the number of minutes he did coming back from injury, same with Clark, um, and I'll talk more about Clark later on. Uh, I thought was yeah heroic. That extra preparation time as well, I think, um, might have led us to our first goal. We had a what looked like a planned move from a set piece, um, and to be fair, both goals. Um, McLaughlin and Bryn Morris only score screamers, don't they? They don't score tap-ins. Um, but yeah, the first one was a, a lovely set piece um, where Bogle and um, I can't think who else was stood over the ball and Bogle kind of walks away and the defenders watch Bogle. Yeah. It's quite good. If you watch it back, um, the defenders are watching Bogle and then as they're watching Bogle walk away from the free kick, it's played um, across the penalty area to Morris who just absolutely rifles one in. Absolutely phenomenal. We'd worked a few free kicks early on as well, where we'd taken them by surprise, playing it down the wing, you know, and taking them by surprise. So, um, yeah, the the set piece stuff worked 
exquisitely well. And to see a score from a clever free kick move like that was very un-Newport County, but um, it was great. But even at half time, you know, I chatted to Ollie and, and a few others. I, there were still nerves. I, I, there were still a few of us saying, I'd still take a point out of this. But when McLaughlin hits that second as sweetly as he did, and I mean, it, it I, I, I've yet to see an angle of it that I don't love. When you hit a goal as sweet as that, you do just have that feeling of, mm, this this is going to be our day now. Um, it was uh, what a strike on his weaker foot. And I was so pleased for him as well. I, I tweeted at the time. I mean, Shane McLaughlin is like the dictionary definition of a, an honest pro. Um, and normally he's the one getting, you know, a, a six and a half, seven out of 10, you know, just goes in, does his job, does whatever you ask, left back, right back, midfield, whatever. Um, he's not going to score hat, hatfuls of goals during his career. And he's certainly not going to score a sweeter one than that. So, um, yeah, he, he deserved to have, deserves to have nice things happen to him every now and then. So yeah, well, well done to him as well. Yeah, reminiscent of the uh, Hatswell era. He was always fond of a planned planned set piece. Um, I think that's kind of what Cochrane's assembled, really, is a team of really good pros. Um, you know, I don't think too many of them would tear roots up a uh, higher level, um, but he's done a lot with the squad that he's got. Um, I don't think he's made a bad signing yet. Ian, do you think... Um, we could have had a better manager for this period, the kind of signings he's made, the squad that he's assembled and the kind of fight he's instilled in them. No, I think that, um, I mean, it's interesting because a few weeks ago, you know, particularly after the Notts County debacle, I think there was, he was under some pressure, you know, um, not from, not from me and probably not from any of us on the pod, but I think there was some pressure on him, particularly with the, um, you know, the, the Jenkins, uh, takeover coming along, um, you know, and then he managed to get that win down at Gillingham, didn't he? With another tactical masterstroke of sticking Bennett in the in the back line, um, and then he's done it again today. So, I, I, you know, I think for where we are and what we are, we couldn't ask for anyone better. And um, I'm really pleased for him because I think he were, I think he's an honest, is an honest bloke. He's an honest pro, and I think he works his socks off, doesn't he? So, I think the the team sort of plays in his image. I mean, yes, at some point. We're going to want to play some better football, but you know, I still think there's signs of improvement in the team, and we are running on bare bones as we've been doing for weeks. And to a certain extent, you know, this win couldn't have come on at any better time for him, could it? You know, Jenkins is on the horizon. We've got no idea what 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 the future is going to hold, but they are, you know, Copeland's talking confidently about he's got his eye on some players to bring in, isn't he? So. That sounds to me like, you know, Jenks is going to come in and steady the ship. You know, there's going to be no sudden changes. And I think that is a good thing. I think we should stick with Copman, you know, at least at the end of the season. And let's see where we are at that point. From the last couple of fixtures, you know, you look at playing MK Dons, Mansfield and uh, Stockport. You'd take four. If I'd offered you four points before those fixtures... Um, I don't think there's many people who would have turned that down. So even when we're having these runs against the better sides in the league, we're still picking up points, which is exactly what we have to do. Let's let's keep the, the frame of the season in view, is that really we just need to do enough to survive this this year yeah. and then look to build and go again next year. And let's not forget, we're on, what, 22 points now already. Um, if you look at it, we've got Morecambe on Tuesday in what is in theory a good time to play them just after they've they've had a bit of a spanking we've got Tranmere who all right their 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 form has improved but they're still 
um, in that bottom third. We've got to play Grimsby, who are definitely in poor form. We've got Forest Green and we've got Crew all in December. So if we can have a good month at a time when we've got players coming back from injury, we've got a little bit of confidence going now, have a good December, and then suddenly... He's in an even stronger position, Coughlin, in uh, in January to say, right, Mr. Jenkins, I would like a little bit of money to spend on the two or three players that can add a real bit of quality. And then who knows? You know, we might have a, a good, really good second half of the season. Yeah, one of the things that I, I was impressed with yesterday, because um, there are, we know there's goals in our team. You know, we, we can score goals. I think we've proved that all season. But obviously, we've we've had this weirdly calamitous backline, haven't we? Um and, I, and you might want to talk about it, Ed, but I thought that, yeah, okay, we let one in, but I thought everybody, everybody did a really good job in the back line. They looked, they looked organised, you know, they looked, you know, this is against a team that's won 12 on the spin. Um, and until later in the game, you know, Jen, uh, Townsend didn't have a save to make, did he? You know, it was a, it was a really solid performance all, 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 all along. Um, you know, and if we win on Tuesday, we're not that far off the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> is this is this where I'm allowed to start doing my um, James Clark fanboy thing? Because just yeah. um, segues nicely it, into it does. Uh, James Clark and his leadership. He was phenomenal yesterday. You know, absolute granite in defence. And I mean, we've said this before when we've been able to play Bennett or Clark, someone with a little bit of experience. I was watching him really closely yesterday, and he was constantly talking to pain he was constantly talking to country file constantly just making sure that they kept the shape kept the line um and i mean he yeah he had an incredibly good performance individually but also what he did in terms of just giving that that discipline to the back line um and the leadership and he got the best out of delaney as well um it made such a difference and uh, you know it's no disrespect to the the other centre halves who've tried to fill in over over the last few months, you know, Seabury and, and others who've come in and, and done their best to do a job. But having that experienced pro back in there was um yeah, that was that was one of the big differences yesterday. So I, I just want to take my hat off to James Clark because for me he was he was man of the match actually yesterday. You know, he made he, he didn't get the goals or um you know, do any of the kind of clever moves that that led up to them, but just as that steadying presence at the back, I thought it was yeah a real moment, and so yeah, he he stepped up brilliantly. Yeah, definitely, and it's so good to have him back. Um, tough game to, as a centre half to come yeah. back in after a long injury as well against a team winning twelve on the bounce. Um, so hopefully we can uh, have a good run because he's really struggled with injuries for us and. Be nice now if he can have a, a clear run, injury free until the end of the season, and hopefully get the best, as you say, out of um, out of our other defenders. Uh, one of the talking points that uh, I wanted to come on to is the tackle on Will Evans. Um, Ian's got a bit of a double-edged sword for this, um, so Evans has a bit of a heavy touch, doesn't he? Uh, which invites the pressure from the defender, but he gets there first, nicks it through the defender's legs who then goes through him, in my opinion, with both feet studs showing out of control. And it was a stonewall red card. Um, is anyone else <laughs> going to disagree with me? No, it was a red card, I think. You know, I, you know, I wasn't there live. I was watching, watching on, online. So um, we went catapulting up in the air and you thought, blimey, you know, is he, is he making a... You know, 
not as he making a meal, but is he just is he just sort of tried to jump over the player who was sliding in? But you know, no, he was taken out when he um at a high velocity with a player coming in, as you say, Reese, who was had no control over his body or what he was doing. So if that's not a red card, it's hard to think of what is a red card, to be honest with you. Um so definitely red for me. Um, but as you say, I've got I've been watching Will quite a bit recently because I know you know obviously Ed's Ed's a big fan. We've got a five pound bet on about Will Evans, haven't we? And I we I was I was chatting to Stu up at Mansfield about his first touch. Actually, he's it's consistently quite poor now. Whether that's because he's just tired at the minute, do you know what I mean? Because he's played so much, he's quite fatigued. He, he, he both has quite a, four, a poor first touch, and also he often has too many little touches. So there's times when you think, just get it, pass it, or get rid of it, or hit it, and he takes too many touches. Or in yesterday's game, I thought I noticed it quite a bit. The ball came to him. There was options around. All he had to do was control it and, and pass it on and move it. And he he, he often, um, his touch isn't great. At the minute. Now, it could just be a little... I've only noticed it the last couple of games. So that's, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm picking up. So I could say it could just purely be fatigue. But I think that that is something that he needs to work on, um, you know. And if it, 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 it that challenge, which could have really hurt him, you know, wouldn't have happened if his control had been better. So yeah, two things from me. Firstly, I, I, I didn't have the best position to see it because it was right over on the the other side by the Bisley stand. But I tell you, who did have a good view of it, and that's the linesman because it was more or less right in front of him, and. When I saw the replay, I, I cannot believe it was not sending off for all the reasons that, that you two have already said. Um, the other thing that occurred to me is that I, I, I don't think Will Evans wears shin pads. I've, I've spotted it before. And yesterday, and I saw some of um, Nick, the photographer's pictures, um, I, I don't think he wears shin pads, which under the, the laws of the game, you are supposed to. Um, so I'm, I'm he worried just wears about those that. tiny little... He wears these tiny little things oh, like like Grealish does. That it doesn't look like you're wearing them, but I think it's a, you can get these tiny little ones that are just down the front of your. Sock, I mean, g- so, given yeah, given what well, a valuable it's asset, not protect you much. Yeah, given yeah. what a valuable asset he is to us at the moment. If I was Cochrane, I'd be getting him to stick the you know complete works of Shakespeare down the front of his socks or something. Because um, yeah, that that challenge yesterday, in all seriousness, could have done him some real damage. And the last thing you'd want is for him to be out injured for any length of time. So, um, so yeah, Will, if you're listening, either get yourself some shin pads or get yourself some bigger shin pads than the ones you've got because um, we, we can't afford for you to break a leg. It does amaze me when footballers do this because essentially their legs are their, <laughs> their business. So if you get a broken leg, that's your season ruined. I don't, I don't know what kind of playing bonuses Will Evans gets, but Jack Grealish, his appearance fees... If he breaks his leg and misses 10 games, he probably loses out on a million pound. Why aren't you wearing proper shin pads? Yeah, so as you alluded to, Ed, a little bit earlier, we've maintained that decent gap over the bottom two now. So Forest Green are in 23rd on 15 points. And uh, we're sat kind of in the middle of a pack that kind of goes from 14th to 20th is covered by four points. Any kind of decent run now, um, I'm like Ian said, we could rise up the table a little bit. But the most important thing is just maintaining that that good gap because uh, Forest Green will spend in um, they'll spend in January. We know that that's going to be their solution. Um, so we've just got to maintain, uh, pick up points, keep it going, and uh, just 
slowly keep slowly rising i think is the key yeah and and i mean also you know because people have been people were very gloomy understandably after the mansfield game but is there anyone out there who seriously thinks that we're not going to be better in the second half of the season than the first because you look at the players we'll have back from injury you look at the fact that Coughlin will have a little bit of money to spend you would imagine to you know not bring in a whole new squad but to bring in one or two and he's shown he can do that as we've already um, alluded to with the players he's brought in in the summer you you go back to last January when he brought in Harry Charlesley who you know was uh, made a big difference to the quality of that squad so with all of that you think well we we're surely going to be a better side from January onwards so even the fact that we're a little bit clear at the moment makes me think we're probably going to kick on a a bit more from that so let's yeah let's get to 50 points but we're we're nearly halfway to that already and we've not played close to half the games yet so um, I think it's like I say I think we can we can start to breathe a little bit more easily. I'm just having a look who we've got next week so as you say we've got Morecambe on Tuesday it's a hell of a slog isn't it on a on a Tuesday all the way up to Morecambe. You know, it's normally Morecambe and Carlisle we end up playing away on weeknights, isn't it? And I don't know why they keep on ending up with these long away trips on midweek fixtures. I mean, I can tell you the answer if you, if you actually want to know. So the Football League... To annoy, it's to annoy me. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's to annoy Ian. Well, you could, if, I'm, I'm, I don't want to presuppose that your beef will be about Morecambe ticketing, but um, we can come on to that. Um, it's, but the, the, the actual reason is the Football League try to make sure that for Tuesday night, you, that your Tuesday night games are the ones that are furthest away on the basis that not many people will travel to them even if they're a Saturday 3pm. So you might as well double down and make sure that the Saturday 3pm ones are the easiest ones for fans to get to. Question answered. So not happy. I think that we, we can open up the floor now to uh, to Beefs and I know Ian's got one he's been had brewing for a little while. So uh, we'll start with you, Ian. All right. Well, so while we're talking about while we're talking about going to Morgan on Tuesday night, which I'm hopefully going to get to, um, it goes back, and this isn't just a Morgan thing. This is a, this is a general malaise which has happened around ticketing away games, um, and the and the the lack of availability or the hardness to get hold of tickets if you don't happen to live in Newport. So, you know, as you were saying, Ed. What other business, what other things are trying to attract people's money would they say, right, well, you, if you want to come to the theatre tonight or you want to come to the cinema, I'm sorry, you can't come unless you travel, unless you go 200 miles and get your ticket from somewhere else. What sort of business is that? It's nuts. Um, I fully understand that there can be security and um, safety reasons why you need to have, you know, ticketed games. But, you know, there was a system that worked really well for many years. You turned up. And you paid your money at the turnstile and you walked in. And now you can't do that. And it drives me absolutely potty because I don't always know whether I can go. So, you know, Tuesday night, I'm hoping to go, but I've got to get out of work early. That's not a guarantee. And yet I've got to get my ticket early because there's no tickets. For this one, you can't even pay on the day. You can't even turn up as a Mansfield and actually find the ticket office, try and persuade them to give you a ticket, blah, 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 which is in itself as a complete utter faff. Why on earth isn't there somebody at your way turnstile who can let you in if you either A, give them money, or if you want to be cashless, you pay You pay cashless. You can do it in any pub you walk into. Why can't you do it at a football ground? It literally drives me nuts. 
And for this game, particularly on Tuesday, I could keep going forever. No one's actually announced that it's an alt- that it's a, t- a game where you can't pay on the day for Newport fans. I only found that because I was looking for car parking and saw an article. Within that, it said it was it was it was all it was only tickets for us, all tickets for us. I've not been able to get hold of um, get through to the Newport ticket office on Friday. I've not been able to get through to the Newport ticket office on Saturday. It's an absolute joke for me. Luckily, a good friend of the pod, Ollie, is getting me a ticket. He's bought me one and he's going to transport it up and I will find him somewhere in Morecambe and we'll, we'll do a ticket swap. But that shouldn't be... Yeah. It, that's not the way that it should work. I just don't understand it. It drives me, it drives me nuts. There should be a easier way to do it. With all the technology available at our fingertips, there is a solution that is probably cost-effective and relatively simple to implement. Have you got any shout-outs before we uh, throw in? Yeah, no, I have got a shout-out, and it's actually a shout-out to Stockport, actually, because I found out that, um, obviously, as as everyone will know, that um, we played on our special kit and and created money for um, Jason Bowen for the um, motor neuron disease. And apparently, I don't think Stockport were aware of that. But when they came down and they saw about it, they asked Newport's could they have all the T-shirts to put on to have to uh, promote oh, it. Did see that? And they the, were also, on, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they they asked for those, and they also um, left behind two signed shirt, two signed shirts, which can be used um, to to be raffled off. So you know, like fair play. Do you know what I mean? So that's a, that's a sign of a good club for me. So shout out to Stockport for that. Um, I've got a shout out and a beef. So. Um, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to everyone who's bought a 1912XOS fridge magnet so far. Uh, they are still available. We have a less than half available uh, left. So if you would like one, then there, there'll be a picture in the show notes. And if you send us 10 quid via our Ko-Fi page and DM us your address, I will pop one in the post. Or if you want to catch up with me at the Barnet game or the Grimsby game in December, then I can uh, put one into your uh, into your palm and you can pay cash if you would rather. So yeah, thank you to everyone who's done that. And I have a beef with Newport Council because I and several others walked back over from the game yesterday uh, back to the Kingsway Centre, paid for our car parking and then thought, oh, we'll just pick, quickly pop downstairs in the Kingsway, go to the loo, um, only to find that the gents in the Kingsway Centre was locked. Uh, the ladies was was open, but the gents, some bright spark decided to lock it at five o'clock. Um, and as it happened yesterday, I was driving straight from Newport off to to see family for a couple of hours uh, in the car. And so I and my two boys both desperate for a wee and couldn't have one at the place that we where we left the car. Um, and so if anyone wants to know why it is that the Kingsway uh, Centre stairwells and car park sink a pit, it's because uh, Newport Council locked the toilets at five o'clock. So sort it out. On that um, stinky <laughs> note, we'll move yeah. on. So I'd just like to, again, say it was a nice touch from the club to uh, do the MND shirts and the Football League obviously gave us the approval to wear them for one game, even though it wasn't one of our three kits that we submitted for the season. It's going to be an undefeated kit as well, isn't it? Because we've only got authority to wear it in one game. The lucky blue kit, it did It did look a little bit too much like a Cardiff kit for my tastes, but... Um, that was start on it. Great, 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 great initiative. What the hell are we doing playing in blue? It's an absolute abomination. They apparently have almost sold out. Um, I gather they would they'd sold out of all of the the larger sizes. I think there are a few mediums still knocking about, but um, whether they'll get another run done or not, I don't know. I sh- I, one would hope they will do, given the money that it's raised. But um, and I I know um, some people came along yesterday, particularly because they. Um, 
had uh you know family connections people who'd had motor neuron disease lived in the newport area wanted to kind of show their support you know turned up buying shirts for for the kids and coming to to their you know one one or two game a season types coming along and to to show support you know or people like me who have a very strong uh love of jason bowen so yeah i think it, it added a few hundred to the gate as well yesterday that uh that we did yeah. that so yeah nice touch which is brilliant which is brilliant i'm not knocking i'm not knocking the um what it's for i'm just the color gives me i have some issues with excellent initiative and um i'm glad it's been so well received as well um, so hopefully we've raised plenty of money. If there's uh, nothing further from you, gents, um, all that's left is for me to thank everyone for listening this evening. And until next time, keep it county. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.